Now, throw the switch and let us begin the battle for the planet. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Riot Act Radio. I'm your host, Jim Camp. The Riot Act provides a recap of some of the week's political stories. I have on the line my Washington, D.C. correspondent, Mike McMullen, who is also hey, a very talented artist and a movie director and a producer. Mike, how you doing? I'm not bad. How you doing today? Well, we have finally thawed out down here in Texas. Um, well, that's good. Yeah, a lot of news about that. We're we're thought out here. I got a neighbor running a wood chipper, like a bunch of Girl Scouts selling cookies out here. It's, uh, I mean, I love Girl Scout cookies, and I go through them like a wood chipper. But this wood chipper may interrupt my sound in the background, just to let you know. Oh, that's quite all right. You sure he's not uh, wood chipping bodies or something? I hope not. If so, uh, well, you know, maybe maybe that wouldn't be such a bad thing if they threw in a couple of Republicans. Oh, I didn't just say that. <laughs> That's Stop true. It, you know, it's a, a la Fargo. Anyway, right. uh, Mike, are, are Republicans suffering from the big C? And, and I don't mean cancer. It actually should be called the CC. They, uh, are they suffering from a thing called cancel culture? Uh, well, I guess we all are. Yeah, that's so possible. That I would say yes. Yeah, well, I've seen quite a few Republican politicians and the fake news or Fox News a-holes whining about the uh, cancel culture. This guy, um, he's a representative from Ohio, Jim Jordan. He seems to be whining the crying the most about the cancel culture and that his fellow Republicans, they themselves created cancel culture, but now they're kind of upset about it. So take a listen to this. But you know what? We have a First Amendment. What I don't want is people canceling everyone else. That is the most dangerous thing happening in our country today. Right now, Joe Biden says during his inauguration speech he wants to unify. Well, it's tough to unify when you're impeaching a president who's already left office. It's tough to unify when you're trying to cancel 75 million people who voted for that guy. That is what's tough to do. So I hope we can get past this. I hope we can get back to embracing the Bill of Rights, the First Amendment, the Constitution. I hope we can. But based on where the Democrats want to go, I don't know if we're, if we're going to get there. You know, I have to say one thing, and I've noticed this as, as now that the election is way over, that Republicans always seem to expand it. It wasn't 75 million people. It was 71 million people, but it's 75 million people now that voted for Trump, and pretty soon it's going to be 80 million people that voted for Trump. But anyway, yeah. conservative lawmakers and the pundits have latched onto that term, cancel culture, and that just basically describes, in my opinion, the public's outrage about controversial words and crap that they themselves use. The twice-impeached former president was great at using it, but then whined like hell when it was used against him. That, that was the case for four years. Exactly. Guy. We're constantly picking on <clears throat> poor Donald Trump. Folks out there, mostly everybody knows what cancel culture is. You could also think of politically incorrect. That's the same thing. Which Republicans are great at being uh, politically incorrect? 
that's because they really don't care. Unless you are called out on it, then they care. That's when they start whining about it. Cancel culture is quite, a, quite simply people who completely reject and stop supporting someone because they did or said something that offends you. A great example of that is over 81 million people canceled the former president who was offensive uh, enough to be worthy of group shaming. Uh, and of course, if you follow us on Twitter, if you go on Facebook, that's where cancel culture really gets out there. It's very encouraged by social media. Laura Ingram over there at Fox News has experienced um, the cancel culture for her bitterness over the years. She has lost tons of advertisers because the people went to that went to the advertisers and complained about her because the network wasn't going to do anything about what she was saying or doing or lying about. So you go to the advertisers and say, Hey, if you continue to support this woman, I'm not going to buy your, your soap or whatever it is that they're selling. So that works for me. Uh, that sniveling little Shiite Carlson Tucker has experienced the same thing. And far as I'm concerned, Basically, they deserve it. Uh, people need to keep in mind that Carlton Tucker is a entertainer of the darkest type. And what I mean by that is he's not responsible for what he says. And, the, and Fox has already put a disclaimer out about that, that this is, this is a form of entertainment. Uh, unfortunately, it's, been, it's being taken on as news because it's on a quote-unquote news station. But both stations have turned into these highly sensationalized, both the, the liberal and the conservative news stations have turned into highly sensationalized opinion machines to where you can turn to either one of them and you see a, a, an anchor person talking to four other anchor persons about their opinion of the political situation. And you, you wonder, like, where do they get the nerve to really sell this to us, what the anchorman from Ohio thinks about the Democrat or the Republican Party. Let's talk to people that were hired, educated, and proven scholars of the subject instead of Joe Schmo, who's holding a microphone in front of the courthouse telling us what he thinks. And I'm saying this is both sides, liberal and conservative side of the media. I could agree with you there, but I would think that the conservative side of the media are geared more towards sensationalizing lies and sensationalizing hate. The two I just mentioned on the fake news network, those propagandists, they don't learn from the cancel culture. They continue with their lies and hate. How about the argument for cancel culture? Do you think it's, well, you a, know, first, do you think it's a good thing? No, no, I don't think it's a good thing at all. But I do think it's a natural thing. There's a lot of things that are natural that, you know, aren't necessarily good, like diarrhea, uh, <laughs> things like that. Just, they, they happen and we don't want them to happen, but... It would seem like it's a natural thing. But I'm thinking on a national level, the Dixie Chicks were the first ones that I recall experiencing an attempted cancel culture. That is, um, that is a very good example, Mike. Very but they good. Did, but I, I believe they, I be, you know, I don't know, but I think they survived it. But I, it yes, they did. It pretty, pretty tumultuous there for a while for them. Um, right. Also, uh, Katie Lang got some cancel culture by the meat industry. And, uh, you know, she's a, she's a country singer who, is, who spoke out against the meat industry. Uh, she's also gay, uh, which, is a, which is a walking contradiction to so many of the sort of country western norms or 
things that you would think would be acceptable in Nashville. Uh, but that just goes to show you how some really open-minded some of the country music uh, is. <laughs> uh, the, you know, you got Charlie Pride, you got you got Katie Lang. So it's not completely closed door. But they sure did try to close her door when she spoke out about the meat industry. Did you um, uh, did you just say Charlie Pride? Yeah. What have you been freeze dried or doing hard time, man? Charlie Pride hasn't been around forever. No, no, I know he hasn't been around forever, but but he was an African American who sang country music. Oh, that's um, where you were going with that. Okay, yeah, just, yeah, I see you got, yeah, right. You got you got. Well, they accept gay women and black men. Now they probably wouldn't accept a black gay man singing country music. Or, yeah, that's or, possible. I do want to say that you you brought it up the uh, the Jick Dixie chicks who got basically canceled. Uh, I remember that, and when I found out about it, I went out and started buying all of their stuff. Everybody else was throwing in a big pile and burning their CDs or their albums. You know, yeah. I went out and bought more. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It's, I, I just wanted to pump up those women that had the balls to stand up to George Bush. You know, so I like that. Right. I, I think, wonder whatever happened. Did you hear the story about the uh, the band in Russia called Pussy Riot that was actually oh, yeah. in jail? Uh, what was the follow through on that cancel culture? Well, they uh, finally were let out, I, as I recall. Uh, I used to talk about Pussy Riot on my show back at party934.com. Uh, I remember. And I used to talk about it only so I could say the word pussy on the air. Uh, <laughs> Well, so have you been to the pound lately? <laughs> I want to say this, though. I think about cancel culture, that it calls out the the a-holes, and, and, and it could remove them from, you know, the mainstream. It's um, some a-holes out there, formerly uh, the former president to be one. You know, I think it's a good thing. You shouldn't put up with the crap that they come out with and, and the lies and the hate and the sputum. The one it's thing like part is part of our culture thrives off that. Well, that's true. The, the, I think one of the uh, I'm going to say it's a bad thing about the cancel culture is that we appoint ourselves judge of what's right and wrong. Uh, we become the juror as well, and, uh, and that's thanks to social media, and we hand down the punishment. <clears throat> the cancel culture can be uh, getting a little out of hand, I guess. Well, a lot because of that cancel actually, culture. Because- uh, back then, when we were kids in school or high school, or that was just basically bullying, right? Yeah. You know. Well, isn't that what this is too? I mean, this is isn't this is kind of like group bullying? That's we, exactly right. For, for, for right or wrong, you could say that 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 liberals bullied Trump out of office. Okay, I know that's not a term that that, that a lot of liberals would like to attach to themselves, but that's you know we have to be be willing to take the heat when we give it out we did bully that man out of office and and from our side it was rightly so from uh, the right side it must look like we were canceling his culture well we have uh, we tried to cancel his culture i don't think it's going to go away unless he gets indicted and thrown in jail and he'll still well, have a huge following like a, his culture is like a bad growth you know it's like a culture it's like a petri dish it's just you know growing <laughs> outside the dish and now you know, you ever remember that movie? The uh, uh, what was it with Steve McQueen with the mold that just keeps taking over the town? It was called the Blob. The Blob. <laughs> that's, that's that was a, one of McQueen's a, first movies, man. It was man, pretty that's funny. 
I was man, it scared the crap out of me. I'm telling you, when the guy got sucked in and the skeleton <laughs> came kind of like out of it, changed, changed my view of movies. But I that, had, that's, uh, that, that's been like uh, Trump's legacy is the blob. Exactly. Develop people and, and take suck their soul right out of them. Well, I don't think we bullied him out of office. We bullied him while he was in office because he was a bully himself. So when you go up against a bully, you got to be a bully. He was voted yeah. out of office by over 81 million people as opposed yeah, to the 75 that uh, Donald, oops, Donald Trump got. I don't want to get in the habit of like uh, whatever liberals do in the name of trying to take out Trump was okay. Uh, just like saying that well, whatever a, a conservative person is doing to kind of hold on to the quote-unquote great white way uh, is okay, because we know it's not okay, and I'm not sure if everything we did to Trump was okay. Maybe it was necessary. Maybe some of it was vicious. Certainly, it, from from at the time, it seemed very justified. And it was also like a knee-jerk reaction. If someone's going to scream fire over and over in a theater, you're going to throw water on it. It just seems natural. If we don't figure out a way to address the conservative party in a respectful manner, they're going to come back in four years like gangbusters. Well, that's a possibility. I mean, I'm thinking um, it all depends on who they get. There are some Republicans out there that I I, uh, I like, but right now they're just so divided they're so i don't want to say the word but i will they're fascist like on the republican side so yeah it's it's kind of scary hey you know mike we got to take a break right here or i want to take a break right here so uh what i'd like to ask right now for everybody listening what do you think I would love to get some listener feedback and participation please send me an email at riotactradio yahoo.com or you can go to my twitter account leave me a comment Check out our Facebook page at Riot Act Radio. And you could also call the studio. I've been trying to get this down. Only one person's called so far, and that didn't work out too well. <laughs> so I'm going to try one more time, or I'm going to quit asking. I don't know. Feel free to call my studio. Leave a voicemail comment. 210-281-4366. 210-281-4366. Leave your comment with your first name and where you're calling from, and I will put those comments on our next show. I promise you. Now, you can also listen to our podcast just about anywhere that podcasts can be heard. Uh, follow us on Spotify, and you can switch on the notifications button there on Spotify. That way, when we post a new episode, you'll automatically be um, included. Look at Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Podcasts, and so forth and so on. So we're going to take our first break. Please stand by. I'll be right back. Want to get away from freak winter storms and busted water pipes? Tired of collecting your drinking water from a public spigot or waiting in a grocery line for days? Is boiling getting you down? Then say adios and hop a flight to Mexico, where the sand is hot, the sun is shining, and the margaritas are flowing. Call 202-224-5922. That's 202-224-5922. And book your escape from the modern-day hellscape that is the great state of Texas. Included in your once-in-a-lifetime package, Lone Star Masks. 
COVID tests. And heck, we'll let you skip the vaccination line because waiting is for losers. Your heat isn't coming back on anytime soon. So come on down and tan away. It's fiesta time. Olay. Let them eat tacos. And hey, act now and your wife flies free. Her friends will never talk to her again. Book now and we'll upgrade you to business class on your return flight home. And we'll throw in free Bloody Maria's and a blanket to hide your shameful treasonous face. We'll also throw in a police escort accompanied with a real-life mariachi band to take you to your mea culpa bad judgment rolling up my sleeves to do the work I was avoiding press conference. That's 202-224-5922. And tell them the Lincoln Project sent you. Warning, all tickets are one-way and non-transferable. Distribution of tickets contingent on written assurances of intent to stay in Mexico forever. Seat assignments are selected at the time of travel and are not subject to change unless requested by passengers with conditions that prevent them from being in the vicinity of Ted Cruz, which includes but is not limited to pregnant women, the elderly, or honey crews. Prolonged access to Ted Cruz may cause depression, paranoia, disgust, cringing, and in some cases, cowardice. Acceptance of this ticket transfers all responsibility of the location of Ted Cruz to the Texas GOP, the Republican National Committee, and Senator Mitch McConnell. It is incumbent upon those parties to ensure appropriate masks are distributed directly to Ted Cruz. Masks must be sufficient to cover Ted Cruz's entire head and inhibit his ability to communicate or endanger fellow passengers by exposing them to these stated risks. The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. <laughs> Welcome where, back where to Riot Act Radio. Was that funny or what? Where did you find that? At? That's a Lincoln uh, Lincoln Project ad, and the phone number Man, that they actually that... put in that ad is Ted Cruz's uh, Senate office number. So, folks, if you're out really? there listening, give them a call. Wow! <laughs> All right, Mike. It's time for what about this? What about this? Have you noticed that all the big box stores and grocery stores, and I'm talking about Walmart, Kmart, Home Depot, Lowell's, you name them, they got self-checkout and self-bagging sections. Now, I want to know why. Now, is that for your convenience or is that for their convenience? I think it's for their convenience. Uh, you, you, know, you, have, you have to do all the work. Exactly and right. The problem is you have to sit there and wait for that one person to come over and jiggle the keys or whatever they do to, to get the system to work. And then they shuffle back to their station with an attitude and like we, we broke up their party or something. Well, that's a, uh, that's I, a possibility. I, I think they do it also to save money on keeping a, having to pay a checker there. But what I'm thinking sure. is that pretty soon these stores, they're going to want us to come in at night and stock the shelves for them too. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Yeah. Maybe yeah. even decide what goes on sale. And there's always somebody in line that just is never prepared when they're checking out. Well, you know, that's one of my pet peeves. It's like, and this, I, I swear that happens almost every time. You know, it's one thing when you go through self-checkout, which I, I rarely do because I just, you know, I like the interaction. I like to see someone scan the price and I can check it while they're scanning it in. Um, I don't know. I just, I, if it's one or two items, I might go to self-checkout. But if I've got a whole bunch, you know, I'm, I, I'd rather just, I just assume have them put it in a bag because they know, they, they know how to arrange things in the bag and do all that stuff, right? Um, but there's always somebody in line who waits for the register, for the, for the cashier to tell them what the total is. And then they open up their purse or their wallet and start fumbling around for their cash or their card. And I'm always wondering, like, why do you wait? You know you had to pay, so why didn't you have it out? And if you're doing cash, then you should, like, have your 20s out. Okay, so it's 40, it's 45. Okay, I need to pull out three 20s. Get ready. There's other people in line. But these fools, every time they fumble through their wallet or their purse looking for something, 
like, oh, <laughs> do I have to pay this time? Like, it's going to be free. Well, yeah. you know, one thing I noticed at the self-checkout, when you're checking yourselves out, and the big stores, they got like five, six registers all in this one little bin where you all walk in. There's somebody there, two people there that are watching you check yourself out. And, and then another thing that really bugs me is that when you leave one of the stores with the Mart in its name, they want to look in your basket and check your receipt. Like you're going to steal a whole basket full of groceries as you're leaving the store. That just irritates the hell out of me. Well, you know, I and I, I experienced the same thing, but they, but you know, they grab the receipt and they look at the cart, and it's like this is just a gesture because there's no way you can tell from a glance what I have in this cart. Exactly. But I guess what you're doing is you're just trying to discourage the idea of people being dishonest by this act. Well, but if you Walmart, really were a true thief, you'd say these guys aren't checking things. I'm going to stick a stake in the middle of all this cheap tuna. And they'll never check it. And I'm just going to walk out of here, you know? <laughs> well, Walmart assumes everybody who's leaving their store is a thief. So anyway, let's get on to this thing here. What about this, Mike? Why will Republicans vote against President Biden's $1.9 trillion economic plan? Why would they do that? Uh, because there's no money to back it up. Well, it's in my opinion, now that a Democrat is in the White House, the Republicans, they don't want the economy to improve. They really don't. They want the economy to be as bad as the Trump turd left it. So in, in, in 2022 midterm they can elections, they can say, see, the President Biden administration, they didn't do anything to improve. So they can garner more votes for the low-information voter. And so once again, the GTP shows, uh, GTP meaning the Grand Trump Party, and GTP has a TP in it, so that just tells you it's a shit show. So the Grand Trump Party shows that, that they care more about power than they do about the American people. See, on this, I, I would have to disagree with you. I think they're holding back because the, because the amount of money is, is irresponsible. I don't think that there's, that money is available to even use. I think it could be an act a gesture that Biden knows is going to get turned down because he knows there's not that money available, but he'll look good trying. So I'm not really sure who's being honest with the dollars here. Well, I don't believe there's a lot of money on Capitol Hill to be spent. Well, there um, always seems to be enough money on Capitol Hill to give billionaires and millionaires tax breaks, to give corporations tax breaks, uh, well, that, but there's no money to so help the people breaks. who need it the most. Well, giving someone a tax break doesn't cost money. It the does. You don't have to, it, 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 it takes money. It, it, it means we don't get the money, but it's not like we're handing out money to the rich. We're just not taking as much. <laughs> well, that's a good way of looking at it, I guess. I mean, if you look at the piggy bank, and if you, if you could, and, and none of us have a real way of looking at really what is sitting on Capitol Hill as far as the revenue that they can work with. The, 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 the politicians, some of them, may have an insight to the actual vault of what they can actually deal with. Most of their plans are based on promissory notes, meaning they are projecting that the, that the economy will stimulate so many dollars that will come to D.C. that will then be distributed back out into programs. There's not a vault 
of trillions of dollars sitting on Capitol Hill that they walk into with a wheelbarrow and go, well, let's take this trillion instead of here and this trillion. There's no money on Capitol Hill. It's all promissory notes right. that come in and go straight back out. Exactly so right. So if you if you give tax saying, breaks to corporations and billionaires and millionaires, they're not paying their taxes. So therefore, no money is coming into the Treasury. So it's like true. No, it's it's, yeah. it's the same thing. Well, it's it's it, it's okay to give money away to millionaires and billionaires because that's what they're doing. They're giving their tax dollars back to them. But they're not giving our tax dollars to us. Well, they're not in theory. They're they're spending it on things they think we need. Oh yeah, we need a fourteen billion dollar air nuclear aircraft carrier. I mean, so they can join the twelve other ones that are out floating around in the ocean. Yeah, that's what we need. So we can spend right. seven hundred and fifty billion dollars a year on the military. But gee, let's not give you know six hundred dollars to Jane down the street with two kids and she hadn't had a job in six months. So. Right. Yeah. No. It's not. I. I we. On this, we agree. Okay. Uh, that, that the uh, the expenditure of the tax dollars is far from equitable. I. I think the problem is part of the problem is that the money is just not there. And I think the the illusion that people think that these politicians are sitting on money is is a grand illusion. You know. I mean, they're probably sweating that their check will cash too. Their paycheck is. Is it possible that their paycheck won't cash one month? That's a possibility. I don't think their check is definitely like written in stone. So when they talk about the government going broke, uh, I think they, they, that includes them as well. But that's just my interpretation. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. Um, well, I have two of them. So oh, uh, <laughs> so hey, well, what about what about this, door. Mike? You've probably heard of Newsmax, right? It's the new Fox News. And uh, they're also the right lunatic fringe. So what do you think they're talking about these days? They talking about the $1.9 trillion bailout stimulus package? No, they're not. But I was getting to the the fact that, you know, Newsmax, news, you'd think they would be talking about the news. But their big thing was the presidential dogs. Things are so good with the new Biden administration, Biden presidency, that the right-wing media, Newsmax, decided to focus on Joe Biden's two German shepherds. So listen to this. Did you see the dog? Let's get, I want to show you something I noticed. Doesn't he look a little, uh, little rough? <laughs> I love dogs. But this dog needs a, a bath and a comb and uh, all kinds of love and care. I've never seen a dog... In the White House uh, like this, I remember Buddy, I remember Millie, I remember lots of dogs, but not a dog who seems, I don't know, I don't know how much love and care he is getting. Let's bring in the historians. Craig Shirley, Reagan biographer, presidential historian. Craig, welcome back. And Doug Weed, presidential historian, former advisor to George H.W. Bush. That's the White House where I remember Millie. Millie had like a staff and they really took care of her. Very beautiful dog. This dog looks like from, I'm sorry, from the junkyard. And I love that dog, but he looks like he's not been well cared for. No, not, not <laughs> at all. Thank you for having us. Uh, no, he looks very dirty and disheveled and uh, very unlike a presidential dog like uh, Millie or Victory or something else in the past in the, uh, pre- in the White House. Now, I don't know if you noticed this, that the dogs that they named, the presidential dogs, they were all praising Republican dogs. Newsmax is dumping on Joe Biden's dogs because they are owned by a Democrat. 
This is just the new low. I really don't know why I'm trying to defend Biden's dogs, uh, champ and major, but I found this to be a great example of the lame street media, the right wing well, media. We, but aren't we actually uh, sucking on the same teeth by making fun of them for making news of something that's not important? And now we're doing the same thing by making fun of them about making news about something that's not important. Well, you're uh, right, and that's the reason I'm doing it. <laughs> the Biden dogs are not presidential dogs. Oh, and by the way, Champ uh, is 12 years old. Now, you've had dogs. You've got dogs. I have a dog. Uh, yeah, this is the lamest name for dogs I've ever seen. Champ and Major. This guy, this, well, you, I, know. you know, I, Biden, Biden shouldn't have a dog. That's what he's going to name his dogs. And the German Shepherds, they're like the assholes of dogs. I don't uh, know, man. I've seen some really big assholes on Rottweilers and uh, well, that's pit bulls. true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, but you know, pit bulls it, are sweet. As, if pit bulls are left to their own devices, pit bulls are the reason they're such good fighters is that they're really emotional dogs. The pit bulls are uh, bipolar, man. <laughs> <laughs> but let me get one. back to what I was going with this. Uh, yeah, you know, stick to what you know. The dog is 12 years old. And so, of course, it. and if you've had an old dog out there, the dogs get gray, just like right. old people. Sure. We turn gray. I, you have a head of gray hair. So do I. So, yeah. these, and I'll tell you another thing. These two dogs, they receive more love and attention than any of the former president's children ever did. Well, that's true. Yeah. And he didn't have a dog. That's weird that he didn't. He was one of the first presidents that didn't have a dog. I think that was one of the, the show and tell things that even if a president didn't like a dog, it made good press to show the president with a dog. It just made good press. And, and Trump didn't get that. When you get elected president, you need to get new dogs and get rid of the old scruffy ones. You know, it's kind of like the last president does with his wives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, now, yeah. And by the way, <laughs> Ted Cruz left his dog behind in the cold when he flew off to Cancun to escape the Texas freeze out. And speaking yeah, of is- the Canadian born senator from uh, the great state of denial, Texas, I have the very simple answer to why the Texas blackouts happened. The simple answer is arrogance <laughs> and greed. Texans uh-huh. think they are independent, and their politicians and their politics would make you think that. Former Texas Governor Rick Perry said that Texans should endure the blackout just to keep the government out of their business. Now, I'm Ooh. pretty sure Perry had his hand out when they were setting up this totally inadequate independent power grid. Uh, you know, re- Republicans have been in charge of this state for over 20 years. They've, they've, they set up this power grid to avoid federal regulation and, and the Republican thing to do, right? I mean, we don't want the government in our business, but Texas is governed by people who don't believe in government. And, and, and get this, the current Texas governor being the genius he is, Greg Abbott, uh, he tried to blame the blackout here in Texas on the Green New Deal which hasn't even been implemented. Now, that is just, you know, a progressive wish list, the Green New Deal. The truth is that Texas is just as dependent on federal government as every other state. And in fact, Texas takes in more federal dollars than they pay out to the Treasury. So what this arrogance 
and greed did was plunge Texans into darkness with undrinkable water. A lot, a few froze to death. Now, for me, I was fortunate. My power was only out for 38 hours. <laughs> Most of the food in the freezer went bad. It got very cold, but we have a well-insulated house, and we have plenty of blankets. You know, you, it's surprising how corrupt Texas government is, and not corrupt, not corrupt like you would think, with like big, fat, macho, good old boys. What is wrong with your state, Jim? What is wrong? It seems like we have this perception that Texas is this ultra-macho place with all these cowboys and cow handlers, but it's the most... <laughs> Excuse my language. What is with it? I mean, can can you think of another state that has as bizarre politicians as Texas? Well, they're they're starting to come out of the woodwork. You were talking about corrupt. The the Texas politicians are morally corrupt. Man, the the junior senator, the Canadian-born Cancun Cruz, as you know, he left Texas residents cold and thirsty to escape across the border to Mexico where they had water and it was warm. And, and here's the thing that's so ironic, Mike Cruz and other Americans, they're crossing the Mexican border to escape unlivable conditions in Texas, but they're so damn oh. eager to condemn Mexican men, women, and children who are trying to cross that same border to escape unlivable and poverty conditions in their country. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that isn't that interesting? Yes, and when Cruz got caught, he left his family and headed back home. And to show you what a big <laughs> steaming pile of crap that Cruz is, he blamed it on his wife and kids. Yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. So his his let let them eat tacos attitude led to additional lies, and finally culminated in a phony, uh, just a cheesy phony photo op showing this fat tub of poop handing out water at a center in Houston to to uh to the people in need he's hoping that that little photo would boost him back up you know how phony is this miserable excuse of a human being well you know he's <laughs> and this is how is. stupid Ted Cruz is if he was really a smart, you know, guy, he would have called one of his millionaire handlers, you know, his taskmasters, and they could have taken him down there in a private jet and nobody would have known the difference that he had deserted right. his state. And he yeah. wants to be president. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't stand a chance. He doesn't stand a chance in hell. You know, he's already bitten that one a long time ago. Yeah, uh, I know. I, I, the guy's a disgusting, like I said, a big steaming pile of dog poop. So we're also we're also very shallow at the voting booth. We we're not going to vote for someone who has a weak chin, and I, I don't mean that like philosophically. I mean that physically. If you have a chin that is not defined, uh, you will not get elected president. Well, and another and thing is, if you saw the photos of him scurrying through the airports and stuff, he was wearing. The guy needs to start wearing two extra large shirts. You know, two X. Ec- XXL shirts because the guy's got a gut on him. He looked like a fat, disgusting pig. And I want to throw this in before we go. 
Well, yes, he's a fat, disgusting pig. <laughs> he is, and you know, speaking of going, I do, I do have to hit the road here pretty soon, Jim. Okay, uh, let me finish up with this, Mike, because the show's over. Okay, and I appreciate okay. you staying with me. But I want to finish with this. You know who AOC is, right? Alexandria yeah, yeah. Ocasio Cortez. Yeah, I can't it's, wait for her to run for president. She seems to be the most hated woman in Congress, at least by the right. And uh, AOC is a resident of Bronx, New York. Very brilliant lady. Uh, she raised over $4 million for the struggling people here in Texas. Right here in Texas, she raised money for us while Ted Cruz was uh, did nothing but raise a whole lot of shame. Uh, he crossed the Mexican border to, for Cancun. And I think it's time for the GQP or the GTP to stop trashing AOC. She's a very compassionate lady, and she started, uh, you know, she start governing for the people, not for themselves. Yeah, and I think she's going to have a, I, I think she's going to have a long, amazing career. I like her. Uh, I'm thinking about sending her twenty bucks. <laughs> why not? Yeah, yeah. Well, I know you got uh, to run, too. Mike. So, uh, and I appreciate you taking the time to to be with me to uh, to get yeah. this thing going. You know, this wraps up our tenth episode. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Do you I mean, have any final yeah. thoughts? Not really, but I would like to. If there's anybody out there that has a counterpoint, um, I did speak to someone this week who said he'd be willing to send in uh, messages, but be, uh, from the conservative perspective for us to discuss. He he declined wanting to be a guest because of the backlash from both his conservative and liberal friends and neighbors. And we are living in a time when, you know, there is tumultuous time right now where people are watching what they say because there's jerks out there that will, you know, they'll, they'll do something dangerous to you if they don't agree with what you say. So we're going to, I wish we could get somebody on the show to, to uh, politely and, and uh, with some finesse disagree with us or at least counterpoint <clears throat> what we're saying. I am actually working on that, trying to get a congressman that I know. Uh, if he he's no longer a congressman, but see if I could get him uh, do an interview with us. So we'll we'll look into that. Okay, Mike. Okay. Thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you for listening. Please wear your mask, and hey, let's be careful out there. <laughs> <laughs>